feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished. Which, the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. But I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not I a think sexual. most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> e. Jean Carroll. <laughs> uh, the one accusing Trump of raping her. A pretty interesting take on rape, don't you think? Uh, I don't know. Per- I mean, personally, I'm sorry that I'm laughing, but uh, personally, she seems like a nut job. I, I, that was a very awkward moment there. I mean, that's... Kamala Harris awkward. Let's put it down. It's, uh, when she says, I think of uh, a rape is not a sexual thing or a violent thing, um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, what do you think? I mean, I, when I think of rape, I'm thinking of a woman being forced to do something she doesn't want to do. And generally, how do you force somebody to do something they don't want to do unless it is violent? I don't, I don't really see any other way around that. I don't see how you don't do that in a violent manner. Um, she says she thinks most people think rape is sexy. Yeah, that's, that's a curious statement there. Uh, but if that's who you're believing and that's what you're buying and you're buying what she's selling, that's who you're cheering for against Trump. So uh, just based upon that quick little 35-second moment there, uh, of her talking, I would say Trump probably doesn't have a whole lot to worry about because somebody like that, I doubt that they're going to hold up real well in trial. I, I got to be honest with you. I think this is just another smear campaign. I'm also always leery of these women that come out of left field that claim somebody uh, of importance at the moment or they're trying to be something important like a Kavanaugh or like Donald Trump um, that you come out of the woodworks, you know, a couple decades later. And I know that's a hard thing. Rape is a hard thing. And a lot of women don't like reporting it. So many of them go unreported because women feel shamed by it and they shouldn't, they should just tell what happened because I think you're going to see that most people are going to sympathize with you and fight for you because they know what happened to you was wrong. But, um, the, the timing is always very curious. Yeah. You, you didn't just come out. I mean, it's not like Donald Trump has ever not been somewhere, you could have came out when he was on The Apprentice. You could have came out at any time. You know, you choose a very tense political moment to come out, and it just doesn't look right. If you're telling the truth, you probably pick the worst possible moment to do so. Um, and if you're lying, which I think a lot of people suspect you are, um, it makes perfect sense on the timing of when you decided to do all of this stuff. So if that's, if that's who you believe in, if that's what you're buying, if you're buying what she's selling – uh, then that's the, uh, that's whose team you're on. You're on team crazy. Well, uh, welcome back. Cause I didn't say that in the beginning. So welcome back. <laughs> it is Thursday. Uh, we are getting closer to the end of the week. Probably pretty exciting for some people. On the other hand, for me, not so much since I'm on vacation this week. It's now the week is finally going too fast. Usually it's going too slow cause I'm trying to get through it. Now it's going too fast cause I got to get back at it, uh, starting Monday. So Uh, But at least for you guys, the weekend is almost here, and we still have the weekend to look forward to one way or the other. So, all right. Climate dummies. All of you climate dummies, especially in New York, 
all you people that are buying into the nonsense and everybody that's a big believer, you believe that the world's going to be over in the next 10 years, we're all going to die because, you know, the temperature is going to go up a degree and it's going to scorch all the food and kill off the animals and the droughts and I don't know, whatever, whatever it is you people believe in. Congratulations. If you live in New York, you have officially just screwed yourself. (laughs) I mean, you have elected insane people to run your state. And because you've done that, they have decided to take away very basic necessities that you have. New York state is becoming the first state in the nation on Tuesday to ban natural gas and other fossil fuels in new buildings, mandating a shift to renewable energy and electricity as the state's power grid runs short of capacity. So, I mean, congratulations Let's take a moment. Congratulations, New York. You guys, you guys are the best. Best of the best. You know, that's a city that never sleeps. Concrete jungle. And now it's about to be the socialist nightmare. So you guys, I guess you're going to do it big over there. New York has become the first state in the nation to pass a law banning natural gas and other fossil fuels in most new buildings, a move that could inspire other states and further erode the residential future of the gas industry. The law effectively requires all electric heating and cooking in new buildings shorter than seven stories by 2026 and in 2029 for taller buildings. And although it allows exemptions for manufacturers, facilities, restaurants, hospitals, and even car washes, the measure does not uh, do what some climate activists had feared. It gives cities and counties licenses to override the ban. The ban also extends to heating oil and propane, raising questions about the future of these fuels in New York State's more rural communities. I actually feel more bad I'm more, I feel more badly for the people in rural New York because I know that it's unfortunate, but New York City being so populated, they pretty much run the state. Whatever they say is what the state ultimately is, so that's why you are as lefty as you are because the more rural areas are not as crazy as the city is, and they pay the price for these stupid, stupid laws that they put in place. I just wonder... Because natural gas currently accounts for 46% of New York's power supply. Uh, I, I want to know what you're going to replace it with. What, I mean, what is the plan? All they tell you is that it needs to be more renewable resources, renewable green resources. That's, that's all you hear about. What are you going to do to heat these people into, in the winter, to cool these people in the summer? What are you going to do? In the summer when everybody's trying to cool down and run the AC as much as possible, then you're going to have rolling blackouts in the middle of the summer. I mean, it's it's hot down here in Florida. I mean, it, it is hot as damnation in the summertime. I mean, you even heard uh, Justin Barclay when I was talking to him last week. He had mentioned he had been in Tampa, and it, it is so ungodly hot, you sweating cracks and crevices that you didn't even know existed in your body. I can tell you, being a native Floridian, you don't ever get used to that heat. I could say that we're used to it in the fact that we understand it's coming, but I don't think there's any of us that actually sit, sit outside and the heat just doesn't get to you. Okay, I mean, it is hot. But with that being said, at least... Because we are a peninsula, we get a lot of breeze off the ocean. At least 
we got that nice breeze coming through. And it, although in the summertime, if you live in Florida, you know what I'm talking about. It's a hot breeze. But any air moving's good move. Any air that moves is good air. I can only imagine what it must be like in the middle of New York and you're living in a building where you have no cross ventilation and then you're having rolling blackouts and you open maybe a couple windows in your apartment to try to get a little bit of a little bit of air in there, a, l- a little bit of movement. Oh, it's got to just be miserable. It's got to be miserable. I wonder how many people are going to die in the summertime. And with that being said, I wonder how many people are going to freeze to death in the wintertime. All because of stupid ideas like this. And of course, those numbers will not be reported correctly because they don't want you to see stuff like that because it works against, you know, their ideology. But I just wonder how bad it's going to be. Not to mention, your renewables, they're, they're not doing as well as they'd like you to believe they're doing. If you really look at all the renewable resources right now, they're having some big problems. Here, let, let, let's, let's go with this one. Offshore wind turbines. Yeah, you know, wind is supposed to be good. We've seen some of the problems that they've had in the past, specifically in wintertime in Texas when they froze and the additional power that they supplied was cut off and you actually did see people freeze to death in Texas. Okay, Texas. And it don't get as cold in Texas as far as I know. If you're from Texas and it gets colder than it does in New York, please let me know. As far as I know, it doesn't get as cold. I know it definitely does get cold in Texas and even some parts, I believe it snows in Texas. I'm not uh, a scientist on Texas's weather but as far as anybody knows, Texas is pretty hot. It's got a desert climate. It gets cold at night and hot in the day in certain areas. Um, but I would imagine it's not a whole lot different than Florida. As, as a matter of fact, actually, one time when I went, flew out to California, uh, this was probably around 2010. Uh, I think it was the only time. Yeah, that, that was the only time I was ever in California. Uh, we did a layover in Texas, and it's hot in Florida, like I said. And it was July, so I left, and it was hot here. And then I went to California. They were saying they were having a heat wave, and we all of us kind of laughed at them because we're like, yeah, guys, you guys have no idea, man, what hot, what hot is. This is hot for you guys that we're sitting under the shade, and the breeze is pretty nice out there. Other than the air smelled like piss, you know, the breeze was nice enough to cool you down. Uh, it's just uh, one big difference is over here you sweat, so you know you need to drink. Over there, you don't really sweat. You just get crispy burnt, but you don't really sweat, so you don't realize you're dehydrating, and you just got to make sure that you're paying attention to your water intake, but... Anyways, that's besides the point. Yeah, we got to Texas for the layover, and uh, I would say Texas was as ungodly hot as Florida was. That was the one where I, we were like, wow, it uh, feels like home. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm like I said, I'm not an expert on Texas weather, but we did see what happened with offshore wind turbines there. A key component of Joe Biden's push for renewable energy, they're facing significant hurdles in both maintenance and construction as the industry continues to grow in, their, grow in size. These massive turbines, the next generation of which are expected to be more than 900 feet tall and generate more than 15 megawatts of electricity, uh, enough power to power a small town, suffer from a far greater rate of component failure than their smaller counterparts. Uh, citing data from renewable energy uh, at renewable energy insurer G cube, while smaller turbines on a scale of four to eight megawatts tend to have failures after five years in service, larger turbines typically see failures just after one year of service. <laughs> and what does failure look like? Well, <clears throat> failure kind of looks like this. 
The turbine generally sets on fire. <laughs> and it looks like it's hard to put out and it starts losing blades. And on all accounts, it's out of commission. As the, tur- as the turbines get bigger and the uh, tax credits make it profitable for them to build bigger and bigger turbines, maintenance will be more dangerous and expensive, requiring larger equipment to be moved around to higher heights. In addition to maintenance concerns, which G-Cube CEO Fraser McLaughlin, McLaughlin, I think, told the Wall Street Journal compound, as the size of the projects increase, supply chains and construction issues also increase as the industry chases larger turbines. Roughly 55% of all claims on large turbines occurred during their construction, which has helped increase the average insurance claim size from 1.25 million in 2012 to more than 7 million in 20, 2023. Excuse me. Uh, wind, time, wind turbines are expensive to construct compared to their other forms of green energy, incentive, incentivizing manufacturers to build the largest possible wind turbines, allowing individual turbines to generate more electricity and therefore keep costs down for consumers. President Biden has set a target for the U.S. to generate 30 gigawatts. Each gigawatt is 1,000 megawatts of power from offshore wind by 2030, with long-term girls goals of generating 110 gigawatts by 2050, E&E reported. Um, hitting his goal would require more than $22 billion in supply chain investments and industries ongoing push for larger and larger turbines makes long-term supply chains certainly more difficult. Uh, the Biden administration took credits in February for roughly $9.8 billion in public and private offshore wind investments since the president took office. Now, what do you think it costs to build one of these wind turbines that are having all the problems? Because, I mean, you would imagine, you're an intelligent person, that you would assume they don't cost, I mean, they cost quite a bit. You know, you would, I would say most people would peg them definitely in the millions of dollars, and you would be right. Uh, initially, for your average size, not one of these big mega ones, for your average size commercial wind turbine, the construction costs in 2022 were between 2.6 and $4 million dollars. The typical cost is 1.3 million per megawatt of electricity. Okay, most commercial wind turbines have a capacity of about two to three megawatts, but offshore turbines can be as large as 12 megawatts. The cost increases as the turbine size increases, though there are some benefits to using fewer, uh, larger turbines. Now they don't give you an actual cost. But if you just want to use the numbers that they give you at hand, if you're talking about a difference of two to three megawatts or 12 megawatts, then two to three is either six or uh, four times the, the, the cost. So you're going to be somewhere between, let's just say, we'll just go with an easy number here. You're going to probably be around six, somewhere between say 12 and $16 million to build the large ones. Okay. The average maintenance cost on them is one to two cent per kilowatt hour produced or about 42,000 to $48,000 per year. This is just maintenance costs on your average size turbine. This is not for the large ones. So it's going to cost you around $50,000 a year, more or less, just to keep it running. So assuming if it's all goes by kilowatt, 
Now, this is going to increase, and you're going to go four to six times larger than these numbers, which is going to put you in a quarter million to $300,000 for maintenance on these large on these large wind turbines. Now, when these wind turbines are built and they leave the factory, um, they do have uh, like lightning rods in them. They're not actually a lightning rod, but it's uh, it's like lightning protection system that's in the actual blades. But what they're saying is that because of the way technology is now, and it may be different in the future, it's inadequate for now at the moment. I got jammed up there. <laughs> I don't know, I couldn't get it out. Um, but yeah, they, they are inadequate for now in the future. That, that may be a different story. Um, and there is a cost for maintenance and repair on them, specifically for the big ones. Um, now, as part of the big climate lie, how much energy do, do, do they produce? One megawatt, a million watts of power. What, what, is that, what does that look like? I mean, if you're not an electrician, I'm just throwing numbers out at you. You have no idea what that means. So let, let's give you some numbers of what that can or cannot do. So one megawatt, theoretically, can power a thousand homes for a month. But in reality, wind turbines don't even come close to producing their rate, their rate capacity because of changing wind speeds. So just going to depend. If you got a real still day, it's not, not a lot going on there, and the winds it's not turning and doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's not generating hardly any, hardly any power. Then if you have other days where it's constant and blowing, then the power is coming in. So although they will tell you it can generate that much power, just like most anything in life, that is your uh, op- optimal conditions, best number that it could produce if it's working at maximum production. And we, we all know that there is pretty much nothing in the world that works perfect like that, and, and this is no uh, difference. So if it was at, in optimal conditions, working at, at maximum power, you would get um, one megawatt of power out, which could theoretically power a 1,000 homes for a month. Okay, it sounds good. You know, a lot of these things sound good, but then once you get all the variations, you see it's not what they're, they're not really selling you what they're, you're not really getting what they're selling you. Um, Then the other problem that factors in is because of these big, large wind turbines have the tendency to break down uh, and they don't just break down, they burn down. (laughs) Then you're rebuilding and all the costs to rebuild and everything else. And God knows what. Uh, ends up going into the water as it's burning and burning off whatever chemicals and lubrications and oil and everything they have in there. Um, but you're down power when that's when that happens. So now, yes, it's producing good for a year. You know, maybe you're getting half of what they actually say generated. So maybe you're getting 500 homes that theoretically could be powered <clears throat> under the best conditions um, for a month at a time. Uh, but then, you know, it burns up on the 10th month. And then that, and that particular wind turbine is down for three, four, five, six months until they get it repaired. You know, or maybe they just abandon ship on it and build a new one. I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's such a a new direction that we're going in. That you, you just got to you know, see how things pan out. So, New York, you guys are depending on this type of fuel that is... Uh, shaky at best 
I would say, because you don't know when it's going to blow up on you, and when then you're going to lose power. You're not going to have any power. It's got to work at optimal conditions to power people. And in the state of New York, the amount of people that live in that city, uh, thousand homes is nothing. That's a joke. You got rolling blackouts. Get ready. You're, get you're going to get fro. What do they What do they call it in the wintertime? It's blackout in the winter and brownouts in the summer. Or, I don't know all the different terms they have for the crap. Uh, I mean, good thing I don't know. You know why I don't know what they all are specifically? Is because I don't have that problem here in the state of Florida. We don't have rolling power outages. And you know why we don't? Because we don't rely on stupid energy that's not there yet. Okay? If it was there, these wind turbines were rock solid. I always say this. If they were rock solid and they're producing exactly what they say and even more, and these wind turbines, once you put them up, man, that sucker's going to run for 30 years as long as you keep the maintenance on it. Okay, cool. My, my next question is, though, is how bad is that for the environment there in the water to put it in? Is it, I mean, are you? I'm, I'm not a climate crazy, but I certainly want to take care of my environment. So by you sticking these big, uh, these big <laughs> um, wind turbines in the water there, are you, are you messing the fish up? Or, I mean, what, what are you doing there? Are you destroying coral reefs? What, what's going on underground? What's going on under the water? Because we're only talking about electricity. How damaging is it to the environment that you're putting that in there? What natural environment and habitats are you destroying to put this crap in there? That would be not my next question. Because then if you're telling me that you're messing it all up, I mean, the ocean, you know, we're a big ecosystem. Everything has its place. Everything needs it, it, each other to work. Well, if you're doing that and it's screwing everything up down there, it's obviously going to impact something else, which is going to impact something else. It's a chain reaction. So I would have a lot of questions about that, but it doesn't seem like anybody talks too much about that. There have been some articles I've read that I have read that allude to some of the issues that they're having with stuff like that in the ocean. But, uh, you know, naturally, just like the women's movement and everything else, when it's against the party, nobody says anything. So as long as you're doing it in the name of uh, the climate change or social justice or whatever the left wants you to do it in, they're going to turn a blind eye to whatever you're doing there destroying. When if you actually believed in these causes, like I said, the Me Too movement and stuff, if you believed in all the crap that you're selling, you guys would be all over the trans athletes just like they would be all over these people. And, hey, you guys are messing up the ocean floor. You know, put it somewhere else. Don't deforest somewhere to put a bunch of solar panels out there. Now you just moved all these animals out of their area and you've turned that into a a wasteland. But these people don't, they're not, they don't believe in what they're selling you. They're just, they're just power hungry. It's all, it's all smoke and mirrors. So New York, good job on that. God, I spent a lot of time on that one. Good, but good job on that, New York. I, I, we really appreciate that you guys are moving full speed, full steam ahead, and you are just going to really hurt your citizens there. Now, they're not going to have any natural gas, such a safe, easy, cheap fuel to use to heat yourself, to cook your food. God forbid you're not allowed to have that. And I, guess you, I guess you get what you vote for, right? Because don't, we don't vote for things like that down here. I mean, uh, I'm glad that we're a little more sane than some other people. We don't vote for crap like that. New York, you guys vote for it. So and when these things are happening, all we can do on the outside is, is throw our hands up and go, isn't that what you wanted? Isn't that what you voted for? Uh, you listen to AOC and you listen to all the other morons up there that are selling you this crap. You bought into it. And now you're sitting in your living room. And it's, it's 19 degrees, it's hang meat temperature, 
okay, in your living room, and you're dying in there, freezing. You got three coats on. You got four pairs of socks, long johns, hot bottle water heater. Oh, you probably can't have no hot water because you can't heat anything. Well, you're, but at least you're all bundled up, and you're just praying, praying that that blackout stops soon, and you can, oh, God, I hope the government allows me to just turn my heater on just for a short time. Just please kick it back on just so I can maybe take the chill out of the air and get it up to about 30 degrees and get it above freezing. Uh, New York, New York, New York. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. All right, I, you know what? I, I actually, uh, like I said, I'm on vacation. I'm not trying to run these too short, and I'm also not trying to run them too long. But uh, I think I'm right about that time here. If you like what you're hearing, please write and review me. If you'd like to uh, reach out to me, littlejoecc.com, go to the contact section. Beyond that, have yourself a beautiful day, and we'll do it again tomorrow.